Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Yeah, that's that's really, really, really good. You know, and you just dropped so many nuggets there. I was teaching on some of that. Uh, I, did, I used different language because you've got better language for some of this than I do. But I know what attracts the Holy Spirit. And I know it repels him or grieves him or quenches him. Yeah. And I was talking about that on Sunday, uh, last Sunday, because, you know, many people just don't get it. They, they come to church and they're not really expecting an encounter. When I go to church, I mean, I get up at, you know, you know, I get up at like four o'clock every morning, <laughs> but even on Sundays, I'll get up at five, give myself a little bit of a break. Cause I, I want to be so prepared when I walk in there. I just want to like emanate glory. Yes. You know, I want to emanate prophecy and I, my ministry is different than yours, but I want to, I want to carry the presence with me. I want to release the presence, you know, and we have a great uh, worship uh, leader in the first service and in the second service, two different styles, but you know, it, it's about, because see, when you go into somebody else's house, mm. you can't necessarily, because um, maybe they haven't had the teaching, yes. maybe they haven't, maybe they don't have the culture. Uh, but I love what you said because you'll just teach and teach and teach and teach and teach. And there's a, there's a time coming when I'm going to do, and I probably just had you down, and we'll do it together from two different angles. But just a, like an in depth, almost like a mini M I N I conference on atmospheres, yes. because people just they don't get it. Not because they don't want to, because they've never been taught. And it's really yeah. the teaching that renews the mind. Um, they just, they've been in religious churches. They Ooh. go in. It's a 30-minute service. They leave out. And, and something in them is hungry, and they want a miracle, but they're not likely to get it because they're actually being a hindrance to the environment, not That's knowingly. Right. Not knowingly. So wow. you, this may have some overlap, but I want to ask you this question. There's probably some overlap there but um, in some things you said, but I want to draw this out. Because there's one thing, it's one thing to have an atmosphere or, or to create an atmosphere through worship, through unity. Um, but how do you move from like atmosphere to culture? Because now your church wow. has a culture 
of the supernatural. I'm sure when people come to church on Sunday, they expect, when people come to my church, they expect on Sundays, they expect me to prophesy. They expect me to have a word of knowledge. They expect me to have some kind of decree or some kind of uh, angelic encounter. They expect, they expect it. So I know when people come to your church, they expect that. So how does one, maybe there's other pastors uh, listening out there, how does one, I know Prophet John Veal's on, let's just give him a hard time real quick. <laughs> Prophet John Veal, um, hey, how, how, <laughs> how, do you, how do you begin to create, because a culture has to be created just like an atmosphere. Yeah. So you don't just have a visitation, but you have a habitation. That, that's a phenomenal question. So for any um, leader that you're, you're working to develop a prophetic culture, really honestly, or I'm sorry, really a supernatural culture, really honestly to do to get people to realize how supernatural the Bible is. And Mm -hmm. and so a lot of it has to do with what the diet of your church is that establishes Mm -hmm. the culture. And so what I'm saying is, if you want to be like a supernatural ministry, you want to have the supernatural, you can't really be afraid to preach things that other people are not going to preach on. Uh, You know, like, for example, I know that, like, I was just scrolling through Facebook the other day or YouTube, and I saw this uh, YouTube video and it was like, you know, Jennifer LeClaire, the false prophet, you, you know? And so here it is <laughs> yeah. in the area where, right. It's like, that's a compliment for us. Right. Yeah. And, and the area that you've established a culture in um, there's a tax uh, because the types of things that you have to teach to have that culture. And so you have to be willing to bear that stigma of, mm-hmm. um, of the supernatural. And that means people would think that you're a warlock. People would think that you're a witch. Mm-hmm. People would think, um, you'll have some people that'll come to your church and they're looking for, they have the old paradigm of church. And so they reject what you're teaching. Um, and there's this, there, the enemy will lie to you and even tell you that your church cannot grow if you embrace the supernatural. That's, That's another right. reason a lot of leaders don't want to walk in the supernatural. And so I just want to say that we just have to walk people through the scriptures um, and show them biblically um, and I challenge leaders, don't make scriptures that are supernatural. L- don't look at them through humanism. For example, like Lazarus raising from the dead. I don't have a problem with people saying, you know, God can resurrect your marriage um, or God can resurrect your bank account. I don't have a problem with those types of sayings. But let's not lose the weight of that miracle in that verse that Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That is a literal resurrection from the dead. And when we preach it, we have to make sure that we're not losing the weight of these scriptures by mixing in a humanized, you know, just viewpoint of them. And so you have to teach supernaturally um, and you have to, the key is found in the book of Acts as well. It is when he talks about, they continued in the apostles doctrine. And so that means that what you teach on the average day is what the early church learned. And the early church learned directly from the apostles who were taught by Jesus. So it's simply returning back to the old messages, the very words of Jesus, teaching those things. The other thing is, is prayer. Um, So so you cannot have a supernatural culture outside of prayer. You could just forget about it. Yes. Just forget about it. It, Like if you're not going to pay the price to even challenge your church corporately to embrace prayer and leaders, I want to say this. I don't know why I keep feeling this. You can't preach to the people to pray. God has to do it in you first. So I tell people the fire of God in our ministry actually begins in our home. So the first, first place where the fire is, it's in our home personally between my wife and I, our kids, et cetera. And then 
then we can we have the authority to bring that to the church and to release that spirit upon our house. So the spirit of prayer and supplication can bathe your entire ministry if you as a leader just increases your prayer time. Um, another element that's often left out, and this is the element that is attacked in the supernatural, fellowship, fellowship. This was mentioned among those ingredients in the book of Acts. People getting along with each other, a family spirit being on your ministry. I've had times where our church has come under demonic attack. Um, and in those times of demonic attack, one time there was such a wave of glory that was flowing through our church and it was just phenomenal. Um, and as the wave of glory was flowing, division started to set up and there started to be people having an issue with this person and this person having yeah. an issue with this. It completely stopped. And I realized what um, in Matthew 18 was actually saying when it talks about if you have a problem with your brother, it says go to him and him alone. The context of that verse in Matthew 18 is prayer. The context of that verse is us coming together. And when we pray, I love this, that we can ask the father of anything. So the realm of impossibility breaks open when there's unity among the believers. And so the early church, they had fellowship with one another. There was a closeness. There was a family spirit. There was a DNA where they, where they knew they were of the same father. And so most supernatural ministries get frustrated because of this area in the ministry, the devil comes in, he releases division, he sends Jezebel, he has discords uh, mm -hmm. come in, many people are speaking, and as they're speaking, they don't even know they're being motivated to gossip and slander their leader. They don't yep. even know they're being motivated, and all of this is designed to actually diminish and extinguish the fire that's burning in the ministry. So that's a very important element, fellowship, um, spending time together. So you have to go the extra mile sometimes. Um, not just the, the the prominent leader of the ministry or the senior leadership, but everyone in the ministry needs to be focused on developing relationships with other people. That's so, so good. And speaking of, you know, the fellowship and and, and, and all that, and also honoring one another. I, I think a yes. culture of honor and a culture of the supernatural go hand in hand because, mm. you know, Jesus couldn't do many miracles because they didn't they didn't honor him. They didn't believe he was a prophet. So honoring leadership. As a matter of fact, I taught this on Sunday, and everyone went. Oh. Remember when, when, <laughs> when Moses, when Aaron and and Miriam were criticizing Moses, yeah. and and he and God said, "Come here to my tent." And Miriam got <laughs> leprosy. Well, later on in Scripture, there's there's six times in the Old Testament where the Bible says, "Remember this," mm. pointing back to something God said. And 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 when. When when Miriam was was struck with leprosy and God said, how dare you come against, who are you to come against my servant Moses? That was one of the times God said, remember wow. this. And so, you know, you know, uh, Apostle Chasden is very humble. He won't say it, but Lord corrected me on something the other day. He corrected me. He, I, I, I was teaching in, in the Elijah Company Prophets and I told, and, and there was just, there was two people that were in the uh, meeting. It was a Friday night. Nathan did worship. And I mean, he was going off prophetically because it wasn't like a church set. He was mm. just going off prophetically. There was such a presence of God. I was like, wow, holy laughter broke out in the presence. Wow. I mean, you know, that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> yeah. You can't make it happen. And this laughter breaks out. And then we're starting to go somewhere. And all of a sudden, I had a wall in the spirit. Mm. And I'm like, what is this Holy Spirit? And the Lord showed me there were people in the room that were offended with what I was saying. And it was in the word of God. Jesus. And so I stopped the meeting and I called for repentance. And two men, probably they were probably offended because I was a woman. I don't know. But two men came forward and wept at the altar. 
I had to stop the whole meeting. Then there was witches wow. and a lady with a siren spirit in the meeting. Jeez. So I had to stop all that. And I said, after all that was finished, I said, you know what? I, the next morning, I, I sort of debriefed on what happened. And I said, you know, you don't have to honor me, but you should honor the atmosphere. The Lord said, don't ever say that again. They do have to honor you. Not that you demand honor, but they need to honor you because I put my anointing on you and you're in the pulpit sharing my word. Therefore, they must honor the vessel. Mm. And so, you know, I'm not one that demands honor. I, I'm not into that. That's that's controlling. You don't ever demand honor. However, we sh- if, we're all, if we're following scripture, the Bible says honor one another. That yes. means that that the person in the pews has the same honor and respect as the person in the pulpit. But in my my view, anybody sharing the word of God, I mean, it's dishonoring God if you are texting, talking, criticizing, yes, while whoever is in the yeah, whoever is in the pulpit, you've got to honor the anointing and and the fact that they're standing there. Not you know, maybe not the person. So God corrected me. He said, "Don't tell people that anymore. They do have to honor you as the vessel." Um, but of course, mm. but we don't demand honor because that's cult- that's cultish. Now, I, I've asked these people to um, these ones watching right now live to ask questions about the supernatural. If they have questions in these last uh, few moments. So if you have a question, uh, Prophet John Veal says honor is definitely a prerequisite. I just really believe that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've told my congregation we would have more miracles if you would demonstrate more honor and not just That's to me, true. but to each other. I've got this one young lady in the church. And, you know, if she hears anybody talk about anybody, she'll go break it up. So, and I tell them, look, if you can't honor me and honor the people, then you should just go find another church where you can, because I don't want the move of God stopped and hindered because you don't like my hair or you don't like my glasses or because the worship was too long because Nathan goes on for about an hour. You know, the worship's too long. It's too loud. It's too cold. It's too hot. Just go somewhere else. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Somebody, (laughs) please get out of my atmosphere. (laughs) What role, Jennifer is asking, what role does fasting play in the supernatural? That's good. Fasting is important because fasting. So, so let me say it like this. Um, First Thessalonians five talks about God sanctifying our whole spirit. Then it says our soul and our body. So we're three parts. The primary part of you is actually your spirit. Mm -hmm. But if you live based on the norms of American culture, you're not being led by your spirit um, and you're not being ruled by your spirit as far as your humanity. And so what that means is we're living with our spirit man suppressed. So when you fast, what happens is your spirit man becomes more active. It becomes a more active part of you if you're fasting correctly. And by that, by that happening, because your spirit has been joined to the Lord's spirit, what that means is you, you're, you end up being led by the Holy Spirit. So you're spending more time operating in the supernatural than the natural while you fast. And due to that, what God has already been speaking to us, what already lies on the inside of us, what's already there, becomes we become more aware of it. So it's not that God changes during our fasting, but it's that the part of us that we were supposed to live from in the first place becomes more active. Yeah, that's really good. Fasting doesn't change God's mind. It changes us. And it makes us more sensitive to his presence. Somebody's asking, how do you pray to get into the presence of God? I'll I'll say this and I'll kick it over to you from from your angle. But, you know, everything we do in the kingdom, it starts by faith. You talked about faith, the anointing and the glory. But most of the time we start by faith. Most of the time, I mean, I've walked in places and the glory was just there, you know, Mm. but but most of the time we start by faith and, you know, we enter God's presence by faith. I mean, you're in his presence now. It might not be the manifest presence, but, but he is technically everywhere. 
Yeah. Um, so is there a certain way you pray to stir yourself up or to stir up an atmosphere? Um, it, you know, the Bible talks about praying in all manner of prayer. So, the, so there are actually different types of prayer. So, so people oftentimes will lean towards one type of prayer. I do my best mm-hmm. to be balanced in prayer. Um, and I feel like different types of praying are necessary for different types of situations. Um, and so I'll, I'll just say this. You, you need faith when you enter. The second thing you need is a revelation of the blood of Jesus, mm. um, it, because a lot of people pray without that revelation. Um, and so because of that, they end up in condemnation and stuff like that, like if they feel like they're not where they needed to be. So a revelation of the blood is important when you're engaging God. And then the second thing that I do, I if I'm depressed and I'm discouraged, I do not soak. I do not wait on the Lord yes. when I'm depressed because right. you can just sit in your depression like that. That's right. Tells why God has given us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So when I'm heavy, when I'm kind of like in a, in a, maybe I'm having a really tough time, I pray more violently in those times. So those are times where when I enter into prayer, I'm engaging more loud. I'm more bold. I'm more boisterous. Um, I pray in tongues really strong. Uh, something that I do often, um, I usually will pray in tongues for like an hour straight. And I like to, if I'm down or if I feel dry, a lot of believers, they feel dry and they feel empty a lot. Yeah. I'll pray in tongues, like, but not, I mean, I'm loud and I'll press and I'll push. And what I notice is it lifts the heaviness off of me. It breaks like that stagnation, that feel of being down and it breaks all that. Now, if I feel good, if I'm already in the glory, like I woke up today I was just covered in God's presence. I had did a live like the night before. So it's covered. I didn't, ha- there wasn't a need to break in. So mm-hmm. I was able to just rest in it. The Bible says, let us labor so that we can enter into rest. Some people right. are trying to rest and you haven't broken into anywhere. So what I tell people is, <laughs> it's good. I rest in those times. I'm more quiet when I'm already there, when I'm already in an awareness of God. But when I'm not, I pray more loud. I'm more boisterous. I'll do more singing but I'll be in more silence if I'm already in the glory. That's good. I, I can't even remember everything, what I said, because we were in prayer. I think it was earlier this week, might've been Monday. And the Lord began to talk to me and speak through me. I'm praying. And also I'm starting, I'm praying about power praise. And I'm, maybe <laughs> yes. somebody said that, I don't know, but that's what the Lord was a power praise. And I don't even remember what it was about. Cause I, I, I get in these prayer circles, prayer swirls. I don't even remember what I prayed, but there's something about power praise. You, you, you know, you, you praise yes. to break through. Um, you know, you worship, you know, Ruth Ward Heflin, she said this, she said, praise till the worship comes, mm. worship till the glory comes, then stand in the glory. So what, once, mm. the, once you're already in the glory, you don't have to praise or worship. You're just, that's when you soak, that's when you rest, that's when you wait, yeah. that's when you listen, because that's when he's speaking. He speaks all the time. Somebody asked, now okay. somebody contacted me yesterday on Facebook and um, someone that's in our Awakening Prayer Hubs group and said, such and such. Uh, some woman of God is teaching um, people how to have face-to-face encounters with the father. Um, and now some, and so there's a lot of weird stuff going on out there. Now I know that yeah. Moses, the Bible says Moses spoke to God face-to-face, but the Bible also says no man can see the, can see God and live. Um, now there's this other person asking a question about what do you do when we're saying that they're having uh, like flush, like visitations, Jesus comes sits on their couch every week or every other week. Um, is do you, do you, now we're talking about discerning the supernatural now, didn't yeah. you laugh? So, so, so it's just, but the point is there's all these people out there that they're espousing that they're having these supernatural encounters. How do those who are watching discern if somebody's telling the truth or not? 
Well, one thing that I'll say is whenever there is a dramatic encounter with God, there will be a holiness and a fear of the Lord surrounding that encounter. And so what I mean by that is look at when angels came and visited people. Look at when um, Moses saw the glory of God. Look at the the different things that you see. You'll notice they were terrified. Even when Jesus transfigured, there was a fear of the Lord that was associated to that. And one of the ways that I know that someone is really speaking a, a, a genuine encounter is there will be a fear of the Lord. There'll be a holiness that will surround, excuse me, that will surround that conversation. It won't sound like they're just talking about their favorite football team. Like it won't have that kind of atmosphere. There will be a fear of the Lord attached to it. The other thing that I'll say is that it will, it will produce in you a divine hunger for Jesus. It will mm-hmm. not produce in you uh, like being in awe and wonder of them as a person. And so I don't want to put a limit on how many times someone can encounter God, because some of our great generals of the faith have had like dramatic visitation, seasons of visitation um, where they've had like 21 angels come to them. Like, you know, in a short period, I think um, James Gold had something like that, where him and his wife years ago, it was was like a season where angel after angel after angel was coming to them. My wife has had seasons like that. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I, I, I always joke and I say, I'm not, I'm not anointed like my wife is anointed. Um, but in those times, I'll say that one of the things you'll notice, if it's true, when they speak it, there'll be a fear of the Lord. Like I actually feel the fear of the Lord right now. Um, mm-hmm. You'll feel the fear of the Lord, but you'll also have, it'll draw you in a reverence towards Jesus himself, not them. That's good. Someone's asking about spiritual warfare. Um, they're asking that the supernatural attract more attacks against you. I'll say this, <laughs> of course, the answer is yes, but let's talk about what kind of attack. So, so as a prophetic person, you know, I have to deal with Jezebel. It's been 20 years. I've been teaching on Jezebel. People say, why? Well, I don't teach on it all the time, but you know, I I've been studying it and teaching. Why? Cause it was a matter of survival because the spirit was trying to take me out, try to cut off my voice like Jezebel in the old Testament. What yeah. kind of spiritual attacks is it? What, what kind of spirits I, I know one. I know what I'm not going to let you share. I know one in particular because it came against Catherine Kuhlman a lot. But what kind of spirits uh, tend to be attracted or, or motivated to attack the supernatural? Well, um, you know, I'll speak from my experience. Um, so one of the things that I notice is you, a lot of uh, anti-Christ spirits. That's it. Yeah. Um, are attached to the supernatural. Anti-anointing. Yeah. They're assigned because they're, yeah, they oppose the anointing. So they yeah. oppose the manifestation of the spirit. And a lot of times if you're not aware of what that is because um and that's what apostle just said when she said anti-anointing the word anti means to be against and then anointing uh, uh, anti-christ anti-anointing and so in other words a lot of times when this spirit manifests it actually will manifest through the voices of religious preachers mm-hmm. and even religious people in the ministry and the pressure you will feel from it a lot of spirits will apply a pressure uh, when they begin to speak. And that's what happened to like Elijah with Jezebel. They're, 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 these spirits come and they work to oppose the manifestation of anointing. And the ultimate goal is to get you to withdraw. Um, so even if you still believe in the supernatural, you become afraid to operate in it or to preach about it. And that's what we actually see in America. Some of the mm-hmm. most strongest manifestations of the Antichrist spirit is actually manifesting from the pulpits in America. And so, mm-hmm. so yeah, we, you, you attract attacks. I want to say this to all my, all my glory people. I love you guys, but you're wrong. If you don't believe that you <laughs> should ever engage in spiritual warfare. Amen. I love the glory. 
I've had gold dust, all the stuff. But what I'm saying to you guys is that demons are real and ignoring them does not make them real, make them go away. Acting like they're not there does not make them lose their influence in people's life. So it's possible that, that you must know that spiritual warfare has two elements. One is casting out devils. The other is warfare prayers. And you have to do them. You cannot avoid having to do that, guys. And I know you, someone's saying, well, worship is warfare. But you have to understand the scripture that that was taken from. Though it's true, that was a word of wisdom that God gave for that particular battle. But That's when right. you look at the rest of the battles where, where they had to engage, they actually had to fight a lot of the times. So God has given us weapons of our warfare that are not carnal to the mighty, right? That are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. You have weapons that you will have to use because if you're a leader, especially if you're a leader, your church will be concentrated against because the devil doesn't care if 10,000 people go to some secret friendly church because they're not going to destroy his kingdom. But that little church, that church that mm -hmm. got a few people that know how to walk in the spirit that Satan is going to concentrate, witches are in your region are going to be cursing your ministry, cursing your leader, doing all types of stuff. So you're going to have to know how to battle. You're going to have to know how to fight. You cannot be weak minded and be a person that moves in the supernatural. No, you can't. Uh, you know, the, the the Antichrist spirit was one of the greatest um, opposers of Catherine Kuhlman, um, which, you know, religion and Antichrist is all wrapped up together. So that was excellent. Um, I want you to make sure that you all connect with Apostle Chasden Strickland. He's in Jacksonville, Ignite Church Revival Center, ignitejax.com. If you're up there, guys, make sure that you go visit his church, but don't bring that religious spirit with you. Just leave it at home. <laughs> leave it in your other church, you know, where you usually go and go visit him. What time are your services? 11 o'clock, right? 1130. Yeah, so 1130 Sundays, and then we do Cultivate. So if you're prophetic, you definitely want to come out on Tuesday if you're able, and that's at 7 p.m. every single Tuesday. All right, so 1130 on Sunday, and then Tuesday, Cultivate. It's prophetic uh, discipleship, really. So get out there and follow him on Facebook. He does a lot of his own Facebook Lives, and he's building a YouTube channel as well, so you want to go subscribe to that. Uh, but can you just pray, like maybe, I know that you can't really you know, activate the supernatural in the same way that you activate the prophetic. I mean, it depends on so many factors that you've talked about, but I know there are people that are really hungry um, that are just, I mean, if you go back and look at the comments, I mean, everyone's complimenting you on your beard now, so they're catching yeah. up. But uh, if you could just pray for them, you know, however you feel led with regard to the supernatural, there's so many people that are very hungry and they've just been awed and, you know, by, by the revelation of God through your mouth today. So I'm going to uh, jump off just for a moment, let you pray for them. Thank you, Apostle. Father is in the name of Jesus. I pray right now, God, that a spirit of prophecy would rest over every single person that's listening to this right now. Lord, I pray that you would release an anointing for dreams, visions, supernatural encounters, revelatory experiences with God. Father, I thank you right now that the same way that you have imparted into me, the gifts that you have given me, I release impartation. Father, of the gifts, the power gifts, I pray that people would receive right now by faith uh, the gifts of healing. I pray that they receive right now by faith, Father, the working of miracles, and I pray that they would receive the gift of faith. Father, I pray that you release healing anointings. Lord, where I cannot touch them, where I am not able to lay my hands on them, I pray right now that angels would be released 
to mantle them with the supernatural, with mantles of glory, mantles of fire, mantles of intercession. I pray that those angels would go forth and that they would begin to mantle them with healing power in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask you by the presence of your Holy Spirit that you would work with every leader to, to walk in miracle signs and wonders in their ministry. And I pray that all the believers would go and heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead, and do all the works that you promised that we would do in Jesus' name. So God, I pray that you release the fire of God to them. Wherever they are, I pray that they would be consumed in fire now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or sow into Operation Liberation, our missions arm, at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.